Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, Sandy Hurtado. Thank you, Victor. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Zandi, you've taken a rather non-traditional pathway through real estate investing, and I love your story and can't wait to share it with our listeners. Why don't you start with giving us a little bit of your origin story and how you got into real estate investing? I got into real estate investing actually right out of college, right before the crash. And if you remember at the time, that's when they were giving out 100% investor loans. So as a college student, I saw the opportunity and started buying a lot of real estate. Then again, you know, then that's when the crash came. But it's, as you know, in real estate, you know, you get creative, you can still make your money. And, and I did. And I kept all those properties and I actually obtained a lot more during the crash. Fantastic. So what did you do that enabled you to hold on to those properties? Because you might have been upside down on some of those loans. How did you prevent them from falling into either some form of technical default, even if you weren't, even if you made every single payment? Yes, uh, they were upside down and they were underwater, but I had those as seller finance homes. So the people that were in, in the property were, you know, were buying the property. So of course they did everything they could obviously as well, not to, not to lose that property. So they continued with their payments and, you know, at the time it, it was, it was great because I had several of those and that's, I think that's what got me to, to be able to retain those properties because they, they, they were, uh, uh, I was using owner financing. Okay. So you, as the owner were financing the property or, or you purchased the properties with owner financing? I purchased those properties, uh, through the bank and then I flipped them, um, and s- sold them to the end buyer, um, using owner financing. So I was financing it to them. You were financing to them and you were making a presumably an arbitrage difference between the interest rate you're paying to the bank and the interest rate you're charging to the buyer. That is correct. Yes. Got it. So fast forward a bunch of years, you've been at this now for a while. What has this enabled you to do from a lifestyle perspective and how, how have you designed your portfolio and your lifestyle around this style of investing? Yes, it's been about um, 15 years and it it allowed me to leave my day job and I was very happy and excited that day. I remember I got, I needed one more property to be able to leave my day job and I did it and it was a great feeling. And after that, real estate, uh, you know, using the owner financing and rentals, et cetera, allowed me to leave the country. And I had never left the country because I was always working here building the business and I enjoyed it. And then I started staying in different countries, hopping around different countries for several, several months. The last year, of course, before COVID, I was out of the country about six to nine months out of the year, just hopping to different countries and and then enjoying different cultures. And, and it's been amazing for me. I, I love what I'm able to do with real estate. That's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about this is your business, you're basically acting as a lender. And what you're doing is you're presumably seller financing these properties. So people that wouldn't necessarily qualify for bank financing, 
they're looking to buy a property, they want to get into home ownership, they can't necessarily do it on their own. So you've got to do it with some form of off market private lending, which is what you're doing with them. How is it that you're not triggering the due on sale clause with the lender that you used to purchase the property? How are you structuring that so that this all works? Yes, the due on sale clause is, is always there. Um, when I am obtaining a property subject to etc. I am very clear about that. And I'm very clear also to the end buyer uh, about the due on sale clause. But my experience has been that in most banks, as long as you continue making that payment, they're happy, they're, they're getting their money. And all these years, I've never had one call the note due because it, because everything is current and, and everything is paid on time. So it is out there. And I know sometimes people get a little scared about that. But um, as long as you make the payment on time every month, um, my experience has been that the bank does not call the note due. I love it. Now, from a business standpoint, this is an active business like any other active business, no different than running a restaurant or a hotel. So all businesses are active businesses. The myth of passive income in terms of an active business is truly a myth. But what you've done here comes as close to approximating that mailbox money as one can possibly do in an active business. So let's talk a little bit about which parts of the business are active and what parts are truly passive. Um, the, the passive, of course, you know, I mean, you get, you get your payments on the first of every month, uh, the active parts, you know, you have to manage the payments and have to make sure they, they all came in on time. And on the rental side, you know, I have a good team of people that they get calls, etc. But that that's mainly the main active part, because I remember when I was hiking in France about a year and a half ago, I had to stop the people I was with, you know, they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I have to stop um, after dinner and be on my laptop for a little bit, just managing that. But then, of course, then the rest of the month, I kept hiking in France. And, you know, so there are times, like you say, I mean, it cannot be completely passive. But the amount of time that I spend when it is active, it's very, very, very little. And you've designed this business simply to architect your life around having your business set up this way. Yes. Once, like I said, once I left the country and was able to experience that, I was like, well, maybe I can leave for longer periods of time. And I have definitely structured it to, to that. I have, um, I mean, as, as every business owner knows, if you have really, really good systems, it helps a lot in efficiency and it frees you from being tied up on doing things with real estate that you that if you have a system, it'll just work out perfectly. And are you growing the portfolio while you're traveling as well? Or you're just keeping it on autopilot? No, I'm still I'm still growing it. I mean, I'm still looking for property when when I'm when I'm gone, and I'm and I'm traveling. Um, I, I, I still look for property, I'm I still make offers. So that's, um, I'm still definitely looking looking for for that. One of the things that I've long believed is that in order to have a, a business that's made up of single family homes, you want to be concentrated somewhat from a geographic perspective. Otherwise, it's very difficult to do due diligence, due diligence on the market, due diligence on the submarket. You really need to know whether what you're buying has the intrinsic value that you're hoping it has. 
are you doing that hyper local or are you buying anywhere that meets your criteria? Yeah, well, the properties are mainly here in Dallas, Fort Worth area, but I did start buying three years ago out of state and um, I have just concentrated on that on that other state um, to where, I mean, like you said, you know, it helps uh, to know the market and to know the area and the comps and everything. So I've concentrated on on one state and I started that three years ago. I love it. What are your thoughts on the current market conditions? Are you waiting in the wings or waiting on the sidelines for this next wave of distressed properties to hit the market? Are you still actively pursuing deals at early 2020 valuations? What's your thought process? Well, you know, I think a lot of us investors are sitting on our money right now and waiting for this to to crash, which... Um, we're thinking it will crash here in the next couple of months after the forbearance is over. We might see a lot of foreclosures for that. And and right now I'm concentrating on studying, you know, just the market kind of be uh, watching because if it, when it happens, it's going to happen quick and you have to be there, you know, for the opportunity. Right now I'm mainly doing wholesale deals on, and, um, still, I have purchased property. You do have to make a lot of offers and do your due diligence and make sure all the numbers work out, which I have found those. And I think the ones that I have found are sellers, you know, that are uncertain about what might happen. So they want to sell and they sell for less. But right now, you know, I think as most investors, we're just kind of sitting in our money waiting for the opportunity to obtain more property. I love it. Well, Zandi, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn a bit more, what's the best way? I it can be found on 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 Facebook. I mean, you can, I don't have a website or anything yet, but my name is a bit strange. So once they pop it in, they can find me. It's Zandi, Z-A-N-D-I-E-E, Zandi. Fantastic. Well, I love what you're doing. I love that you're able to travel anywhere throughout the world and manage your business remotely. And it's a wonderful way to conduct business, even though this year in the year 2020 with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's certainly, I'm sure, put a bit of a wrench in your in your grand plan. But once this is over, I'm sure you'll be able to return to that. And so for the listeners at home, definitely check out Zandi on Facebook, Z-A-N-D-I-E-E on Facebook. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.